Hi, party people. This is Christian Kelly, and this is another Bright Side podcast. That's what we came up with the name. Yeah. I'm here with uh, Scotland um, and Nick and Anonymous from uh, last time. Say hi, Anonymous. Hello. This time she says hello. Say hi, Nick. I mean, Scotland. Hi, Scotland. Oh, that's cute. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So, how are you guys doing? Well. Oh, actually, you have the you have the um, the awesome cookie pamphlet with you, right? I do. We'll All get right. to that after after. I mean, what were you gonna say before? Nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> go ahead. Just just go for it. Yeah, go ahead. Well, do whatever you were gonna say. Okay. Um. So if you listen to the last podcast, we discussed the best chocolate chip cookies in the world. Um. And I don't remember how in-depth we got with it, but we were saying how they were just really, really fucking good, right? Well, I'm eating some right now, and they're, um, they're, they're pretty all right. decent. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all right. Yeah. I was actually... I mean, they're good. They're better than the famous Amos. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but um, and I was expecting, like, regular size. They're not regular size cookies. They're small. They're like Well, you didn't size. say that the last, pa- last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I take no responsibility for your your expectations that were based on nothing. <laughs> but I mean they're they're really cool. They come in a box, a cardboard box, and the box has writing on every fucking corner. Um and when you open it on the inside, it comes with a pamphlet that uh it says stop read first. And there are instructions on how to eat the cookies. As there should be. As there should be. Um, I guess you can open up these ones. That way, by the time I'm done reading this, they'll be almost ready. By the time we're done talking about it, they'll be ready to eat. They'll be ready for consumption. Um, So... Let me see. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyway. I want it... Okay, so... (laughs) Man, I was not. And you squint, and you're wearing glasses. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that we were going to start with this. We had no plan going in. Your whole thing was, I want to read this pamphlet, and now that I'm telling you to read the pamphlet, you can't read. Okay, fuck it. I'm going to skip all the poopy shit. The one that I wanted to read that I thought would be a fun, a fun thing for us to talk about. Okay. Because it's the kind of shit that we always talk about. Um... It, it, so it's it's semi optional reading. This is the back pamphlet of the instructions that come with the cookie. So I guess it's it's saying that if if you're down for the cause, just just continue and read this. And the guy goes, "My name is is Bart Greenhut. I am an inventor, entrepreneur, and have been blessed in life. These cookies are the high point of my career. We limit distribution wherever you find our cookies. There's someone who's worked to make them available for you. We are grateful and wouldn't be here without them. And then. Um, it gets blocked off with a giant red box and a lot of bold, underlined, and italicized letters. Um, it, it's like this little paragraph, but it starts off with, My apologies, but I have to say this. I, th- I think it's incredible that our banks, the same folks who caused our recent depression, are allowed to blatantly exploit us further. Now, 
They're allowed to burden us with billions of dollars in egregious overdraft fees on transactions that they themselves engineer to occur. They process debit, not in, in the order of receipt, but largest first. In a sneaky methodology to maximize egregious overdraft fees on as many small transactions as possible. But it's maybe it's just me. But I think this is brazen exploitation in the most un-American sense, especially because it more seriously affects those who are the most vulnerable. If any other business ripped off consumers on this level, they'd suffer consequences in the flash. We need a serious advocate, and our representatives need the backbone to stand up to the bank lobby. There, I said it. Well... That's just rude and inconsiderate for its <laughs> bankers. <laughs> I think the uh, the overdraft fees are like just one of the least worrisome things that bankers are responsible for. But I think I think what he's saying is that on your on your bank history, like when they sort the order of things that happen, they start with the biggest transaction first, and they make it go down to the smallest transaction. So that rather, used to be it. That was uh, that that changed about two years ago, federally now. Oh, really? Yeah, but you're right. Uh, one of the biggest players I ever did that was Wells Fargo, and they got fined huge amounts of money because of that. And they were, um, of course, they didn't. They settled out of court. Um, but uh, so wait, instead of instead of taking doing the transactions the way you did it chronologically, they would do the biggest first at the end of the month so that no no no, like no. no so that yeah. by so that by the by the time you overdrafted instead of like the last giant chunk that you did overdrafted you would overdraft little like over and over again you get multiple overdraft fees because so let's say in one day you did five transactions or you right. did you had a bill pay right you needed to pay some bills. Uh, there was one for three hundred dollars, um, and then there was another one for a hundred dollars, and then there were three transactions. You went grocery you shopping. Went grocery shopping. You had lunch at Quiznos, and you know you bought gas. Okay, and the smallest one was Quiznos. Let's say not that I'm saying Quiznos is cheap. I'm just saying that it was the smallest transaction of the five. Now, now in the in the five transactions, it doesn't matter. Like let's say you went to Quiznos first. And then you paid several, like the $300 bill, and then you went and got groceries, and then you paid a $100 bill, and then you got gas, right? right? Even though that might be what happened throughout the day, at the end of the day, the way they organize the debits and credits is that they're going to organize the largest transaction first, followed by a smaller one. So that, let's say you only have... Uh, $350. $350. It's exactly what I said. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so you, instead but, of but doing it would your be... debits chronologically the way they happen on timeline, they take the biggest first so that it, but they can give you overdraft fees the most. Like so multiple. So you, you get overdraft fees for every transaction beyond your limit. So there's more small transactions that happen over and go over again. Yeah, you get. You got plenty of money. But that got, that the got transactions ch- are all good, and then the last one goes over. But the last one they put at the first, so it takes all your money, and then the last, the next four are all over. It just basically it's a way where additional charge. But that's theoretically when you should have like maybe two overdraft fees, there's you end up with like ten and you end up owing the bank like four hundred dollars of money you obviously yeah. don't fucking have because if you did it be in the goddamn bank. Well, I mean also realize I mean that that did happen and that was like uh, I think Wells Fargo was like the biggest one to do that. 
and they were more more than Bank of America. Bank of America was up there though. Man, Bank of America is still bad, dude. <laughs> it's still pretty bad. Um, but um, regulations have already come out um, where they can't do that anymore, uh-huh. and that the max overdraft fees that you can have in one day is one. Um, so before you could have an unlimited amount, and that's why there were so much like racking up. Um, it was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I remember I was working at Wells Fargo, and uh, I would see people in just one day, like they would get a hundred dollars worth of of um, overdraft fees. Yeah. This is this is what I don't get. Why would why would you be able to charge your debit card if you don't have money? Shouldn't it just get declined? Certainly. Right. Uh, if there's no money in your account, no, because I had a regular checking account at Wells Fargo, and I used my debit card that day, and I didn't have money in the bank, but I didn't know it. This was a long time ago, and it just let me buy the thing. It let me buy it on debit. It let me buy gas or whatever, like at Arco or whatever. And what they what they call it, and technically, because they took it to, from what I recall, they took it to the Supreme Court. I forgot what bank it was, and they said that it's it's um it's illegal. They're allowed, banks are allowed to give what they call a courtesy. A courtesy would not be charging you all <laughs> that fucking money. It would be, it's considered like a courtesy. It's not considered credit. It's considered overdraft protect protection, which is not a credit line. And they, but they penalize you for it. Exactly. With money, which we is a thing protection. you don't have. Now, there's some banks that it, it it's changed up a bit since, since the, since the since the since oh eight and oh seven yeah um it, it's a lot more strict and there's a lot more regulation today um what they do when you open up a bank account is they ask you do would you like overdraft protection or would you like um um to connect your savings to your checking account um so they kind of like um they kind of make it like an option for you right um. Today, um, whenever <clears throat> I, I, not that I open checking accounts every day, but, um, <laughs> since then I've opened some checking accounts and I'm like, um, when they ask me that option, I'm like, no, like I don't want, yeah. I want it declined with, there's no money there. So what is the overdraft protection now? Because I know my bank was asking me like when they were changing it to pick like if I wanted it or not. And I don't think I ever picked and now I just, cause I uh, I think I forgot one day like it was the same thing like my my card wasn't being declined it was letting the thing go through and it was it was it was like they were almost giving me an ad, like in advance in advance because they were they would still take it away but my check hadn't gone through so they couldn't it was be it, it looked like it was in transit yeah something like that but like so, the money wasn't there so what happens is that. Um, banks are actually allowed to give, still allowed to give some kind of credit. Um, oh, I mean, right. overdraft protection, it's not credit. Right, it's, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's like, a, it's, you know, courtesy. Backwards rhetorical bullshit. Yeah, yeah we get exactly. it. We get it. <laughs> um, so, back in the day, um, like, back in the day, like five years ago, um, they, there was literally an unlimited amount. And that's how they knew they could rack you in with fees and stuff. Today, they usually just give up about $50 worth. So if you're doing like little small transactions, they'll let you still overdraft up to $50. 
Um, and just have a negative amount on your have, account and balance. And have just a negative amount of about fifty dollars, and then surpassing that amount, then they'll cut you off. Right. So. But do they still charge you penalties for that? They still can, but now they give you at least twenty four hours to recover that. Okay. So it gives you twenty four hours to at least. Um, you better check your bank statement every day if you're yeah, broke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, if you're just using, well, and it, it gets in that it gets in that little gray area where it's and I hate I hate to be this guy that I like well you know the banks blah blah you know like, uh-huh. I know I know <laughs> <laughs> I know, don't be that I, know. I don't want to be that guy but at the same time this is your money yeah and it's. You should be clenching to your money and know w- how much you have and make the most of it. And you should, dude, it really depends though. Because I'm sorry, there, I'm sorry. Like, if I, you're if you have a little bit of money and like you go on, on wellsfargo.com and the last two days all of your shit's pending and you don't know if the balance that is showing is the balance that you do have or the balance that you're gonna have after the pending orders go through. Mm-hmm. Because it sometimes it's confusing. No, well, you says, see, it subtracts what's pending. It says like what yeah. you have, and then it subtracts what's pending, and then it says your actual amount. Yeah, there's a difference between um, total balance or ledger balance and available balance. Yeah. And the ledger balance <clears throat> is what you have aside from what's pending and what's coming in and what hasn't cleared, and then the available balance is subtracting whatever is pending. I know, I know, I sound like, I come off like a dick. <laughs> Christian but, in no way lobbies banks. You know? I don't, he, he just, I don't. He just and, is employed by many of them. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, banks paid for these microphones. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, and back me up a little bit. Because <laughs> you're a libertarian. There's so much please in those eyes. I know. <laughs> But, but um, honestly, you should be you should know what you have. You, you should, should be keeping track of your money and money. I mean, you worked hard for that money. Yeah, I mean, you just gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> you just gave it away. You just gave it away. But I mean, people should be keeping track of it. Yeah. I mean, back in, before the internet, before I mean, up until the '80s, people used to have check registers and keeping track of all their transactions yeah um today i still keep like a digital check register really on my phone on my iphone it's like a checkbook so after swiping every using my card for every transaction i type in each and every transaction into oh wow that's really smart yeah so i um well scotland knows i hold on to all my receipts and at the end of the day i type in everything that's really good so I know I it's a, that. but most people just like, well, and they just swipe, swipe it. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Yeah. I really don't, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle of that. Like I'm, I'm really responsible. I've never looked at credit as not being actual money. Like yeah. ever, I've paid my, yeah. I pay off my credit card every month. Yeah, me too. All of it. But I've never understood, man. Like I've never understood how people can just max out their credit cards and like not get that. Not only are you spending all of this money that you're swiping the credit card for, but you're agreeing to pay them back more money than you spent. Um, yeah, for the most part, are yeah. And like, I mean, and most of these people don't. They can't afford it, so they 
they end up owing more money than they would have if they could have paid it off in the first place. Because when you pay like minimum amount due or whatever, like when you go to the when you go to pay off your credit card and you can either pay the amount due, you can pay off like a random number in the middle, or you could pay like a minimum amount balance. Like Wells Fargo usually for my card it's like fifteen dollars every month. I can pay fifteen dollars and keep using my credit card the next month without having to pay off all the fees. Yeah. And if you do that your 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 uh, interest rate, your interest not your rate, but your interest just grows and grows and grows, and you end up paying so much more money to them. You actually, if you if you do the minimum, you'll never pay it off ever, right? <laughs> actually, you will. No, you, you won't because it'll keep growing. The the minimum is <laughs> eventually you'll max the out. The min not not anymore. It used to be like that. Um, until the credit card um, actor of like 2009 or something like that. He's making things. No, the credit card true. act of 2009. Um, now, like now in your credit card statement, it tells you, <laughs> it it tells you, um, if you pay the minimum balance, when you'll pay off the debt. Oh really? Yeah, if you don't make any more purchases. Um, and that was part of the the reform act. And also, the minimum balance has to be more than the interest. So, um, so I mean, two thousand nine. Yeah, right. Changed. Yeah, two thousand nine. It changed that. So, in a way, that's good. But at the same time, um, there it left out a lot of things. Uh, for example, um, it made. The max amount of interest that one can have is somewhere around thirty to thirty-five percent. That's a lot. Which is still a lot of interest. And to be honest, thirty percent. Yeah. A thirty percent of a hundred thousand dollars is thirty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. I've never seen a credit card for thirty thousand dollars. I'm sorry. I'm talking about credit card. I'm sorry. Yeah. So you're welcome. Ten thousand dollars. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> That's still three thousand dollars of interest. That's a lot of money, man. For every hundred dollars, thirty bucks can be the yeah. maximum interest. Yeah, it's 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 a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. And I remember when I was working at Wells Fargo because that was before um, the recession, and then all the other bank jobs that I've had were after. And so I saw all the reforms implemented. Um, but at Wells Fargo, I remember like applying people for like. 50% of, in interest. God 45% in interest. Why? Because their credit sucked? Uh, Yeah, basically. Well, yeah. You know I, how fucking that dude is so fucking sad how credit follows you so much. You could fuck up once just so by not being a responsible kid and you're fucked for almost you life. You know what's really... It's ridiculous. What's really sad is that... The trap. Because here's the problem is that... And I know all of a sudden this podcast became about finance and whatever, credit. man. It's probably better than potato podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's better than apple applesauce or pudding. I know. But all right, so here's the thing: we're still young for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I'm young. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, um. We still don't have, let's say, a really... Well, all right, I have a credit card and I have student loans, so I have some form of credit. But there's still people like our age that have no fucking credit history whatsoever. 
Yeah. And it's hard for them to like, let's say if they want to pull out a business loan and they want to have their own small business, it's tough for them to go to a bank or an investor and get a loan of any kind in order to start a business. Uh-huh. So one of the things that uh, I forgot what um, uh, legislators coming out, they're thinking of applying uh, utility bills into your credit history. Like utility bills that you actually pay off. Well, well, yeah. They don't. They don't include that in your credit history. No. So like water and power, electricity and phone bill, they are not included into your credit history. And it shows but, that you're financially responsible when you pay your bills. True, but like you were just saying, one mistake in your credit history fucks you and follows you. For oh life. yeah, dude. My, so one of my imagine job. fucking up in your utility bill. Then, I, I mean, think how that there, you, like, how it seems you, like the mentality in doing that, though, is more to help people than hurt people. Yeah, it seems you like you're see. trying to give people more of a scapegoat. But, I mean, if you're a real fuck-up, then yeah, you know, or if, like, you're just in a really shitty situation. That's the thing that sucks the most, though, is a lot of people are just in a really shitty financial situation for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and it can really fuck you over for a long time. Well, what if that leads to, uh, like, utility bills charging you extra if you don't have good credit? <laughs> Sorry. It's because um, Grace was there last time and you could barely hear Grace. Um, maybe maybe you can put it like in the middle more. Okay. Um, um, yeah, you're right. Um, I saw an article the other day that um, what power rates have gone up 45 percent nationwide in the last 10 day, 10 years. Yeah. They're shutting down all the coal power plants. Man, all that shit is, is so um, depressing. I don't, I don't trust coal. I don't think it's clean burning whatsoever. But you're right about electricity rates going up. There's a lot of there's alternate sources of, of energy that we could be utilizing that would be a lot cheaper, be a lot more cost effective. But, I mean, what whatever. I'm sorry, I don't even want to get into all that right now. No, but you you touch on a on a good point because I was talking to. Him. Well, I was on my way to an underground rave, but I was talking to Paul. <laughs> when the last <laughs> podcast happened. <laughs> no, I was talking to Paul about this very thing because uh, we were talking about um, uh, why haven't we gone to like solar power and like more like uh, hydropower and other, yeah. other types of uh, forms of energy that obviously when you put it into like devices and homes and stuff like that, they're way more efficient. Than this huge conglomerate company producing this um, this infrastructure for us of electricity and power. Right. Um, and we, because he he kind of went for the nuclear, like we should be focusing on nuclear power. And I was kind of talking about, um, well, um, I was talking about how like there's flaws in nuclear power and like you know blah blah. But eventually we just. Uh, we just ended up in the conclusion that the reason why we're such in a stagnant thing is not, and I guess you can say it's kind of cor- corruption, but yeah. also you have to think that, um, like for instance, uh, West Virginia, um, Connecticut, uh, all these places, um, they don't have, they're not as uh, um, flourishing and abundant with like jobs and, and other industries like we are in California. And so when you, when your constituents and your legislator and your constituents 
depend on coal or um, fracking right or oil and that takes the majority of the jobs in your state to just say well fuck coal you know like let's go to let's go do solar like it's not it's not convenient it's not good for you it's not good for your state and and you have to think about your constituents constituent yeah no i understand i understand that it's harder to to progress in that direction because a lot of jobs are based on these older technologies i mean it was the same shit with with slavery when they invented the cotton gin and and things like that you know like better like new technology like the coal industry to slavery (laughs) yeah because it's different (laughs) no but what i'm trying to say is it's you find a commodity or you find a you find a resource that's or you find a tool that's more resourceful you know what i mean you outsource you you find a human a machine is you can get a machine to do the job of like 50 humans because a machine can keep going machines don't need to sleep machines just need like you know refurbishments and shit like that and you know in one way it's good but in one way, could you leave them open for 10 minutes? Yeah, for 20 minutes. Awesome. It's way over. All right, go on. It's cookie time. Cookie time. Um, did I get a hog? What kind of bullshit is that? Um, well, that's kind of the problem also. Um, well, it's good and bad because people are out of jobs. Yeah. So I kind of think like, yeah, we should progress into this, but I guess there's like this uh, capitalistic, um, um, what, what's the term I'm thinking? Like humanitarianism, uh-huh. I guess where you should think about, okay, so we should progress into like solar power and all this stuff. But instead of um, getting machines to do this kind of work, I mean, create jobs. And um, because when they say when they say, well, this industry is going to bring 70,000 jobs of sales, of tech support, customer service and this and that, that sounds great. But how many jobs are you losing? You're losing roughly about 120,000 jobs. And it's sort of like, well, what the fuck? Yeah, we really need fucking jobs right now. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. That's gonna be a problem. Right now, I think there are a lot of things that are happening at the same time that are making it really, really hard. Right now, we're dealing with a big overpopulation problem. There's way too many fucking people here, man. Like Los Angeles or in the in the country? In the country, in the world. You know, we're overpopulating. (laughs) No. No, I I, I don't like that um, that argument. I hear that a lot. I think there's there's plenty for everyone. (coughs) Where we're at right now, it just isn't isn't divided equally. Not that it needs to be. But um, I heard a projection. They said that by 2050 is when the world population is going to peak, and then it'll start to decline sharply. How it'll peak like around 10 billion. Now, why, why, did, was there a reason why it would decline? Birth rates, just like judging from the demographics, the birth rates. 
I thought, see, what I what I came to understand is like our we've gotten so advanced in our our medicinal technology that we've prevented people who would normally have died from whatever causes from dying. We've been able to to accomplish keeping people alive for a lot longer than the normal human lifespan is, and we've also helped more people be born. We've prevented, you know, um a lot of issues with pregnancy or, or giving birth or fertility, things like that. Like we've been able to accommodate more people coming into the world and we've been able to accommodate more people staying in the world for longer. And I thought that was oh. the main concern with overpopulation was because now while we're, we're creating humans a lot faster than humans are dying. I thought that was, and I, I don't mean that just on an economic scale. I just mean that like on a global secular scale, I guess that it is economic, but not as an excuse for us running out of food or anything like that. Justin, there's there's way, way more people than there ever were, and we're creating people faster than they're dying. Well, there's like also a conflict as well where, I mean, we're talking about, um, I agree in some way uh, right. with Scotland, where I think if we really wanted to, we could totally... De, um, oh, we could accommodate for everybody if, if yeah, people sacrifice. To- but it is about... And this is where economics plays. It's the it's the science of of scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, are we willing to pay one person one billion dollars for being Mark Zuckerberg? You know, are we willing to you know um, have just one country take up twenty six percent of the world's food source? Mm-hmm. You know, are we? W- but also, are we willing to um, deforest countries in order to Put acres of just farming one one um, crop. But I mean, what's the solution for getting the entire world to be one giant organization where everybody contributes and everybody? I mean, like where they have to be some giant utopian, like communistic society, which would be ideal. But I mean, is it like that? Can that? It's not gonna fucking happen. Duh. So I mean, so I'm what I'm what I'm trying to say is constructively like what is the best solution for for what's happening right now? Are are, are you saying that like everything's just gonna fall into play and it's not gonna be a big deal, or is it gonna be like we figure it out as it goes, or we have the potential of figuring out like an answer to this, or, or is it just gonna deal with it? Is it gonna fix itself? Is it something that we just don't have to worry about? You like, know, I'm I'm talking like about warming man. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was talking to, um, I was in class, I'm sorry, I wasn't talking to anybody, I was just listening. I was in class and I was, uh, I was listening to my professor who's, uh, um, it's in my political science class, and we were talking about, um, how, um, and this is where I got all that stuff from that argument we had earlier, um, how liberalism, uh, neoliberalism has, and, um, and, um, the ideology of modernism has really changed the rest of the world. Um, and it's a new form of imperialism and colonialism where, well, I guess it would be considered neo-colonialism because mm-hmm. it's these companies, um, that, that go out and, and, um, they take advantage of smaller countries that depend on the IMF and depend on, um, on debt in order to progress their country and these countries come in and say well if you're going to take money you also need to progress by putting yourself in the new global market 
Mm-hmm. And by doing this, uh, by doing this, these huge conglomerate companies come in and they pretty much push out local businesses and local farms and local, um, local citizens. And they just reap up all the benefits and, uh, and export um, the product. And the business itself collects all the money. Okay. And they, pay, and they pay barely any taxes in the country. And it's a way, I mean, for them, they say, well, we're giving you jobs. You know, we're <laughs> giving you jobs. You're welcome. You're welcome. But... Um, he gave me a paper. I forgot where. I don't have it with me right now. But um, well, I don't want to look for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's a real. <laughs> um. The whole thing is. Um. Maybe we. Sh- we're in this whole world of globalization where, where everything is, is uh, integrated with each other. Mm-hmm. It's particularly in modern countries, Europe, um, Japan, the United <laughs> States, where we have these connections all over the world and we are the ones that say um what we should be doing uh or what what they should be doing i'm sorry what the world should be like and we're telling everybody else to progress to us (laughs) yeah sounds about right you know and maybe we should be stepping back a bit and let the other countries progress in their own way and letting the other countries develop and find their own industries and businesses and things so that they they can export their own stuff and they can reap the, the benefits of that type of free market but we're the captain of the meddlers man we're the meddling team we're, we're the guys who run in there and fix people because it's not okay the way they're doing things right now like we gotta we gotta make it better yeah we're good at that right <laughs> but vietnam yeah, <laughs> Korea, Korea, um, Iraq. Oh well, they love us there. Oh yeah. I don't know, man. It's. What do you have to say, Scholar? You look like you have a lot. To I say. know. I want to hear. <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I want to listen. Do I have? Oh, are you drinking my beer? No. <laughs> Somebody took your beer. You never had a beer. <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me a little bit. <laughs> so what are you, what's your opinion on this, Colin? Um, I'm up particularly. Oh, is there a lot? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, uh, the IMF and, and global corporations are, are, are totally screwing over countries. I don't think the answer is more integration. I think the answer is more independence. Like you were saying, like, like um, a healthy economy and a healthy nation needs the mom and pop stores, and they don't need all the you know the IMF debt and the, the giant corporations coming in and creating jobs. It's all it's all bullshit. It, it doesn't uh, help anyone other than the you know the, whatever the governor or statesman that they pay off, who who does whatever they want um, for a few years and then moves to Switzerland for the rest of their life and, and lives in. In a haven, <laughs> and, and totally sells out, you know, their countrymen and their nation, and they don't give a, they don't give a crap. Because people, in, they sell out people in general, man. When you, all you give a fuck about is yourself, you know, and, and power and all that bullshit that that makes you feel like, like you like when you die, you're not just gonna stop existing forever, right? They just fuck over people. It's it's oh, 
I got, let's see, find at the top of power structures are people who are obsessed every day with greed and power. Who else are going to be spending every waking moment of their lives trying to control everything? And you know what's weird is that, um, and you know, my, my accounting professor actually said it, and he knows people who make, no, I already got another little thing. No, you can have oh, that one. <laughs> the, the, oh, oh that's, that's mine, right? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Uh, my accounting professor was uh, was saying because he used to work um, on I, he used to be a hedge fund manager, um, and uh, and he just left all of that and moved to California, got married here, whatever. Blah, blah. Anyway, he he knows people, and he works with people still that are like millionaires, like hundreds, like over a hundred million dollars. They're making racking in every year. And they, and he talks about like penny pinching, like how they penny pinch on a, on a lot of stuff yeah. or, or like how it's they, terrible. how they're constantly like, whoa, no, like I don't want to pay any taxes. Like, you know, or, oh, like we should invest in this. We should buy out all of this and make more money. And Until they he, got all the money in the first place. Exactly. They're exactly. They're obsessed with it. And, and he says, you know, you make over a hundred million dollars. What's another hundred million dollars to you? That's you know what? Mentality is, I've made millions. How about billions? And then billions. How about billions? See, but yeah, you're probably right. But that's. But I mean, that is kind of the question. It's like when when is enough? For who? Um, oh, sorry, you missed it. Like for rich people um, that make. Uh, I was telling him my professor makes over. Not my professor. Uh, my professor works with people that make over a hundred million dollars, and some of them, you know, when it when it gets to the point where you make more money than you can realistically spend within your lifetime, it's not even about money anymore. Money isn't it stops existing. You know what oh, I mean? That sounds like a challenge. Man. It's uh, a. <laughs> it becomes spend a hundred million dollars in a year. I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> no, it's not even about that because you know it is. The more money you have, the less money you need to spend. It's it's really yeah. it's really weird. Yeah, the right. more money you have, the less you spend the money, and the more you start collect just collecting money. Yeah, you get shit for free. You you just reach a status at that point. It's a point at that yeah that point. It's a points system where your status is based on how many points you have, how much money you have, and and you just it just becomes like a status thing. Like you just do whatever your economic status is, whatever your your point is your level, you know, like what what part of the tier, what part of the fucking pyramid are you on? Yeah. Well, you know, also like in um, and let's just let's just put it towards like a policy and political um level, legislative level. I was talking to somebody, and I was explaining to him about taxes, because he just like he just totally did not he was asking me about taxes and I'm like no that's not what taxes are and that's not how you avoid taxes that's not like <laughs> anyway we got into the discussion and uh, he was telling me like well how why do I like um, I don't want to pay anything at the end of the year and I was telling him oh well it's all based on like how much income you make and what kind of income you make and he's like well what do you mean and I said well technically uh, a 1099, right? Is it 1099? What? No, the W W4, right? W2. W2, I'm sorry. I don't know, man. I'm not even a... I'm in finance. <laughs> anyway, a 
W two, when you get those right, and uh, and you get them for your for your taxes, those are actually the worst type of income that you can get because those actually get taxed more than any other, almost almost any other um, type of income. Which ones? The W two. All of them. Just whenever you fill out a W two form. All right, so it's not the W two, it's the W four. When you get the W four for your taxes. Okay. Okay, so at the end of the year, you get a W four saying how much you made, how much you paid in taxes, right. and so forth. When you get that, that's <clears throat> actually the one of the worst types of um, forms of income that you can get because you get taxed the most on that. There's like at least two or three types of taxes that you pay on that form alone. One of the best forms is actually dividends and profits off of investments. Um, I think that's a 1098. Yeah, I might be wrong. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyway, a 1098. Let's just say it's a 1098. (laughs) This this week's podcast is so different than last week's podcast. Let's just say it's a 1098. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, about that, I think you can, I think... I'm not sure. I think it's about 15 or 16% that you pay in taxes on that. God damn. In your W-4, I believe you pay somewhere around 15 to 20%, depending on how much income you make. God damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah, man. so we're, and on top of that, you're paying different types of income. Right. I mean, different types of taxes. On the W-4, on the, on the 1098, assuming, um, you're paying way less and actually you can even cut off like let's say if you make if you lose money on those investments you can actually write those off so there's a lot more tax benefits in investments than than just regular income so let's say you make let's say you make a hundred million dollars that money isn't just regular income to you you're putting that money into investments you're putting that money into places where you get dividends every year not only are you paying less tax, I mean, not only do you make more money than everybody else, mm-hmm. but now you're paying even less taxes. Okay, <laughs> tell me, I'm, I'm sorry, maybe, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember the class that they taught this shit to, to us in high school. Like, I don't remember them teaching us about, about any of this shit in, in high school or, or even in college, unless you're going specifically for, for economics or... Well, realize or, I, I, I'm an economics and finance. No, I understand where you got the information from. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. I'm saying they don't teach this to you in high school. And it affects everybody because I've never met a person in my entire life who's, who doesn't pay taxes. Oh. Wesley Snipes? Wesley Snipes? <laughs> when he goes to a grocery store, it's exactly the price that he's on the label. <laughs> It's gonna be two ninety nine. Nine ninety nine, right? Nine ninety nine. He walks no, in with yeah. exact change for everything. Here's nine ninety nine. This is California. Tax is nine percent. Nine ninety nine, motherfucker. I am California, motherfucker. How do you get that that tax exempt thing? What do you mean tax exempt? Yeah, you know how people get it. No, no, you just happen to be part of the clan that bribes all the officials. <laughs> the clan. Um, there's a lot of um, tax deductions that you can do. Um, for instance, one of the tax deductions I try to take advantage of is um, um, paying my student interest. Mm-hmm. And so I can write that off every year. 
Um, I try to pay as much student interest as possible. Um, and on top of that, I also have a, um, I, IRA traditional, a traditional IRA account mm -hmm. where every time I make some kind of money or something, I, I send money over there um, into investments. Um, and I can also write off those uh, contributions. And it's only the traditional IRA. You can't write off the, the Roth IRA account. You see, I, I want to say that most people who listen to this, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just ignorant as fuck. I don't know about most of this shit. Oh, yeah, most people don't know about it. And honestly, and, and how many of these people does it affect? It affects everybody. Everybody. Honestly, I think in high school, they, there needs to be like, um, there needs to be a class that teaches you how to manage money. I get, um, <laughs> you know, actually, and you know, I, I hate quoting this guy, but he, cause there's a lot of things I disagree with him, but if you quote, a, if you quote Rush Limbaugh, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not going to quote Rush Limbaugh. I don't like Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> but it's Dave Ramsey. I actually have his book, uh, Dave Ramsey, The Total Money Makeover, which is one of his, I think it's, it's his like best-selling book, which basically breaks down how you should form a budget. Um, it, it, he hates credit and, and debt, so he would never ask you to pull out a loan, a personal loan. He would never, he'll, ask, he'll tell you to cut up all your credit cards. <laughs> um, and, and the only type of loan that he would probably ask you to do is a mortgage, uh -huh. but so only, you can own a fucking house. So you can own a fucking house, but also he wants you to pay off that mortgage as fast as possible. Dude, that should be the case on anything that you buy. Any you're right, you're right. Debt is servitude. Well, you do, you don't have any. Well, Scotland doesn't even have a bank account, right? Christians so, never. Christians never asked you to open one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we first started dating. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's when you it's, found out. It's nice not to pay banks any bullcrap charges. Is that why you don't have it, or you, like you just don't want one? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, they charge you if you don't have enough money in your account. They charge you every time you want to pull your own money out. It's ridiculous. They they fooled everyone into thinking that that they have to be part of the process of your boss paying you. Whatever money you earn, they had that. They somehow have to be involved and get a cut and hold on to it for a few days and, and use it to invest. They did a really good job of that. You ate the whole bag of cookies. What a dick. <laughs> I ate the crumbs at the bottom of the bag. We ate the whole bag of cookies. Did you see the um, the Nobel win Nobel Prize winning economist? Came out today and said that the economy right now, stock market's a huge bubble and that it's not just gonna end badly. I agree. I I, I think it is. Um, I don't know how badly it's gonna be. Um, well, it's all gonna. Every time it crashes, it's, it's worse it's than gonna, last time. It's not gonna taper. The Fed's probably gonna increase the QE three. I think that's when it all like blows up on our face and the dollar completely crashes, and then it'll be. Bank runs and, and limits on withdrawals and chaos. I think there is a there's truth to that. Um, if we continue this QE, I think um, the moment we finish it, 
or stop it. There's going to be a huge bust in the in the stock market bubble, um, and there's going to be uh, a I don't know how fast, but there's going to be a huge increase in inflation, and I think banks might feel too scared, and they might raise interest rates a little bit too much. Well, it's really simple. The the Fed is printing, what twenty billion a month in in bonds. Really? So there's twenty billion it's, dollars it's digitally created that. every month. It's somewhere around thirty five. I mean, it's it's, it's it doesn't, <laughs> based I mean, it's, on nothing, right? Well, twenty, it's, 20 it's billion. Buying, it's buying the no. It's 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 that's what inflation bond, is now. No, it's what it's doing. It's buying um. It's buying debt from from mortgage companies. From uh, mortgages mm-hmm. and all the bad debt that um, um, Freddie and um, Fannie Mae, Fannie Mae, yeah, Fannie Mae, and other other types of uh, uh, U.S. Treasury bonds are, are there. So basically, if anything, if anybody's buying our fucking bonds, it's the it's the Fed, mm-hmm. and so they're making money off of this, um, and they're. Ch- what they're trying to do is, by doing this, they're keeping interest rates as low as possible because all these loans are securitized. They're uh, secured by the Fed, basically. And by doing that, interest rates are now at zero. So by everything being at zero, all the financial institutions, all the loan makers have no reason to raise interest rates at a ridiculous price. So that's why interest rates are an all-time low. And mortgages are about, even now, um, they're about 4.5%. Those are incredibly low prices, uh-huh. um, low interest rates. Um, and we probably won't see that ever again um, in the future. But the moment that the Fed starts feeling that the economy is doing better, they're going to stop, or not all altogether stop, but they're going to slowly... Reduce the amount that. What the fuck? <laughs> oh wow! No, don't don't put that on. Oh man. Hold on. That is funny. <laughs> wow. I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. Uh, this is this is not Uma device. It's a uh, it. I replaced the Time Warner cable, like home phone, landline, with uh, just a completely internet service. Uh-huh. Uma, Uma should sponsor us. <coughs> uh, I believe in Uma. Uma. Anyway, um, going back to whatever the ridiculous thing I was talking about. So as uh the Fed starts uh reducing the amount of bar- of debt that it's buying. Um, interest rates are going to slowly increase, or that's the intention, right. slowly increase. And so all this debt that we're racking up um, supposedly will be will be balanced off by a better economy where we can tax more mm-hmm. and pay off that debt. That's the logic of it. Well, I, f- I feel like we're talking like we're... we're... NFL analysts talking about like how the strategy of the game is going when the game is actually rigged. Just like real NFL. 
Yeah. So yeah. So it's like, so it's and, like everything. And here we are. We're like, oh well, they need to do this in the fourth quarter and blah blah blah. Well, the game is rigged. Yeah, it's rigged. Well, it's the whole point is uh, like the dollar <laughs> is a fiat currency, which means so its value is based on how much there is in circulation, and we're printing twenty digitally printing twenty billion dollars every single month uh, indefinitely. So I mean. It's only a matter of time where it just gets so un- uh, devalued that, that it completely collapses. It's all going to be orchestrated, and it's all been done before, and it's all being manipulated in a big chess game. When was it done before? In um, I think Rome did it right after. Uh, I'll, Rome. I want it. I want it. All right, sorry, sorry. What's the st- the story? Um, is it the Rothschilds that uh? The Battle of Waterloo, um, they, they found out that the British defeated Napoleon, but um, the Rothschilds instead told everyone that the, the, Brit- the British had been defeated, and so the entire stock market crashed um, based on the news. And then he bought up everything um, at a fraction of the price. And then when the news came that they actually had won and that everything was good and all the value was still there, then he had already owned everything and bought everything back for a fraction oh, of the yeah. price. They did the same thing in the stock market would crash, like all the all the independent banks that used to exist, they they all they all crashed and they were bought out by the biggest banks and then you know, they bought everything at pennies on the dollar and wiped out the, all of their competition the, all in one swoop. The stock market crash in the beginning of the twentieth century or the recent stock market crash? No, in the, in the 20th. In every stock market. I'm talking about the like Black Friday stock market yeah. crash. Not Black Friday, Black Tuesday. Tuesday. No, I think Black... No, Black Friday was... Well, that happened, but... Black Friday was last Friday. But it's also (laughs) happened in several... In several other, like, um... But that was the big... That was the first time, like, that it really fucking took a nosedive, right? Yeah. Uh, 1929? 
It's all one operation. I I can't say that it was all one operation. I well, it was it was all on the same day, so it was all put together by the same people. You can say that, but at the same time, that'd be a crazy coincidence if it was just a bunch of different like plans that no, all worked out. No, no, I think I think honestly, what happened was that they knew that I think they knew there was going to be an attack that day. And you know, I hate to I hate to. I hate to go into this water, but I'm going to try to tread lightly, okay? Um, That's fair. I think they did know. God damn it! That's what you get for treading lightly. (laughs) (laughs) Give me another beer. (laughs) Here, keep this. It's assembly. (laughs) Anyway, um, what I think is that I think uh, there was there was gonna be an attack. I think um, I don't know which one was which, but there was an attack. Right. There was an attack by um, Osama bin Laden. But I also think that some key players in the United States knew that there was gonna be an but attack. No, on no, that not day. just did they did they know it because they admit to to having known. But what their argument is is that there are so many threats every day. We have no way of knowing which is. Do you know that they knew for a fact that it was going to happen before it happened? Yeah, I do. Well, I do think that in any way that it was... The CIA and the FBI both knew. Yeah, but they every, just I think they all knew, but also... Alright, I think that Osama bin Laden did attack the United States. I don't think it's I a question be- I also believe that... Um, do people question that, that he was involved at all? I also believe that the administration um, knew about it. But I also believe that... Um, at least one of the attacks was not Osama bin Laden. The one that, on the same day? Yeah. And I think... Alright, this is just my personal belief. I have no reason to believe this. Okay? <laughs> because I am putting this we, online. We stopped, being, want... we stopped being Catholic a long time ago. You don't have to believe in things, but there's no reason to believe anymore. <laughs> Alright, well... <laughs> what a dick. Yeah, well... Um, well, I, I, I don't think all of the attacks were by Osama bin Laden, and I don't know which one was which. Um, I'm not sure about the... About I'd say if it was any of them, it'd probably be the planes, right? Well, there were, what, four planes that day? No. Yeah. Well, it depends. Planes. Do you believe a plane hit the Pentagon? Because I've seen... The official stories that there were four planes. One crash that didn't hit any, anybody. Two hit the towers... But I've I've and seen I've seen video for the I've, Pentagon. But I heard it wasn't the plane that hit the Pentagon. It was like a yeah, missile well that, or something. That's right? that's that's the theory. But the official story is that there were four planes. So what I'm what I'm saying is that I really don't know what happened that day. Well, yeah, because we weren't there. We, well, yeah, we, <laughs> we. I remember seeing it as a kid. Wow, that's dude. That was that was scary as shit. I remember I woke up and I would always um, turn on the TV to watch uh, Recess. Yeah. On TV. And uh, I was looking for Recess and it wasn't there. I turned to Channel 5. It wasn't there. All I kept on seeing was this fucking tower that was on fire. And I'm like, and my dad walked in and he's like, and he's like putting on his shirt and everything for work. And he's like, oh, that looks like a really good movie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> And, and I'm was. like, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't think that's a movie. I think this is a yeah. 
this is a this is real really happening. And he's like, really? And I remember being in school and um, my teacher. Uh, remember Miss Bauer? Yep. Yeah. Well, she came in and this was the first time I've ever seen her cry. She was crying. She was crying and she was talking about. Um, she was talking about you know how we should be strong and this and that and blah blah. And blah blah blah. And those are like those two moments were like the most ingrained thing in my head about that day. I saw it in morning daycare, watching recess, watching recess. Um, I remember it like I remember watching recess, and then it came on, like it just came on, and everybody was just like, "What the hell is this? Like, what's going on?" And being so young, like we didn't really get what was happening because it's like planes are hitting a building. I didn't at, when I was. 12 or 13 I didn't know what the World Trade Center was I'd never heard of that building before you know what yeah, I mean I didn't know what the significance of, of planes hitting that I, I saw I didn't know I mean it was it was safe to assume that planes didn't hit buildings all the time but I mean like I didn't get the idea at the time watching it on the news live that it was you know theoretically orchestrated by anybody like because no at that point nobody knew or whatever right like everyone was just reacting to what was happening but it wasn't like bam, bam, crash. It was like bam. And then, like, we were watching, like, people were just, the news was already at the scene filming the tower on fire before the other plane hit. When you watch footage of, like, the plane hitting the building, one of the planes has already hit because they got the second one on footage, but not the first one. Yeah. So everyone sees the same, the same video of the plane hitting the building. And then they see that really interesting, like, fall that the building did but i mean <laughs> it i just remember it was scary dude i remember we were all in the church at the same time like they put us all in the church in the afternoon it was like the day before we had youth mass that month or whatever and, and we were practicing the safest place to be and i'm like isn't this the same acre lot dude, it was super, <laughs> it was super quiet and i remember there were just no planes in the sky yeah for like that whole day there were just no planes in the sky and I remember just thinking, like, if I hear a plane, I'm going to be so fucking scared. To answer your question, Scotland, yeah. I I don't know really what happened that day. But I can tell you that the events that happened afterwards really made me question everything about our government, about the world, um, and really about um, authority figures. Well, I'm, <clears throat> I'm going to harp on it because I think... I think if I can, <clears throat> if I can convince you, then it'll be really important. That um, <clears throat> the Pentagon wasn't hit by a plane. Uh, if there was, if it really was, then there would be all kinds of security camera footage of it. Right? You're telling me the Pentagon, the most secure, protected structure in the entire fucking world, pretty much, like it doesn't have an outside camera that, like, with surveillance going on, like that saw an airplane. All the all the hotels in the area, like um, even traffic cams, they're all confiscated. The whole the them all saying that that an airplane hit the Pentagon, there's no video proof, and there there would be video proof. So that's like no, that that didn't happen. The the towers were were rigged with explosives, and there's no way they could have come down just because of the airplane. And like that, they found thermite, and there was molten metal underneath. Uh, Wait, they found uh, thermite. Yeah, thermite and molten metal underneath um, 
There's a professor, Stephen Jones of Brigham Young University from Utah, who went there and he tested it. There was molten metal running underneath these buildings, and they're like, why is there molten metal? And um, it takes, you know, way beyond the capacity of, of jet fuel fire to molt, to, to melt steel. And, oh, and he tested it because he's a professor of chemistry, and he found thermite in it. And there's pictures of these uh, these steel beams, and they're cut perfectly at like 45 degree angles, which is how they wrap it when they want to like take down a building. And if you look at it, it's all free fall speed. Um, and then what do they do with the evidence after? They immediately shipped it all to China. That's that's like that's what? on record. They took all of the steel, all of the wreckage from the the World Trade Center, and they shipped it all to China. They didn't have you know study it all. They didn't put it into big forensic labs where they you know. Let's prevent this ever from happening again and build st- uh, structures that won't you know, be susceptible to this. No, they shipped it all to China, got rid of all the evidence immediately. Um, the Pentagon, they, they, they poured like a bunch of dirt over everything like immediately, like the same day. Um, Tower 7, Tower 7 didn't even get hit by a building and it, it pancaked, like free fall speed. It's, it's completely impossible. Like, because, of, it's, because of debris. Yeah, and and uh, yeah. it's on that record. That was just that was silly. Like uh, NSA, the FBI, all these agencies had like headquarters in in that building, World Trade Center Tower Seven. And then um and then the whole the the one that the the crash in in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. There's there's no airplane there. There's a big divot in the ground. Like yeah, I have no idea what what really happened, but I know that the buildings were wired. And they they were brought down like to me it's pretty much like indisputable, and there's there's no evidence there there's no camera like showing the, the Pentagon being hit by an airplane. So like they rigged it all. Oh, I mean, I, and there's like a hundred things I could go into, but um, supposedly it was like the the greatest gold heist of all time. The, there was all this gold in the, in the basement, yeah. and it was all stolen. <clears throat> and then they found a truck that was abandoned. That was uh, full of gold, but it was like abandoned somewhere, like um, because the towers were collapsing. Gold from the basement of the twin towers. The, yeah, really. And that like all this gold went missing and has never been recovered. And why was there gold? Basically, there it was place. a huge gold heist. Um, why was there gold? Wait, 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 wait. So yeah. there was gold in the Pentagon and the World Trade Center, or no, just no, the World just Trade the Center? World Trade Center. So how is that connected to the Pentagon then? Well, they were just all part of the same op, and the Pentagon was probably hit by a missile or or a bomb, and it was also like hit. Like if you if you look at the way it was hit, like you you can see it was it wasn't like an airplane crash, but um, they they did one sector out of the five sectors of the Pentagon. They they reinforced one sector, and that was the sector that got hit. But what was the so what was the purpose of that? Like, what do you? It was because they. The whole Oklahoma City thing—they were—they they blew that up to try to scare people into, into, about terrorism to to pass like Patriot Act laws and to start wars. To, to did people uh, die well, in the they, Pentagon? Couldn't, couldn't they have done that with just the Twin Towers though? Yeah, well, that's no, what I, because they they wanted to make sure it was like over the top, like the Pentagon, because Twin Towers is just like a civilian target, but the Pentagon being hit is like. That's our military headquarters. That should be like, probably one of the most one of the places that there's the least the least amount of 
excuse for getting hit. There should be no way the Pentagon right. should get hit. There should be tons of anti-air. Yeah. You're telling me the Pentagon doesn't yeah, have anti-aircraft systems? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Dude, everything. Like we have, never we have satellites. Like, if a plane comes in and we need to defend ourselves, like, they Yeah, what if they breach our defenses to the point where, I mean, people know where the Pentagon is. It's not like it's classified information. Just to let you know, like, and drones, and the Predator oh, drone. Fuck, dude. Drones, the Predator that's... drone, which has been around since the early 1990s, they were able to equip it with uh, weaponry since 2000. Um, now, I don't know about using drones or, or, or stuff in the U.S. I, I don't think that's a... I think that's a horrible idea. Um, but at least the Pentagon doesn't have some kind of system to defend itself from missiles. Put a drone out there to blow up a, a missile or... I think now... I, I think now the whole... The whole thing is, if we ever encounter ourselves in the same situation where planes are being used as weapons, as weapons, we're supposed to blow up the entire plane. Well, yeah, at that point after this, but I mean, okay, but I don't, I don't want to deviate too far. Like, so what, like, what is your response oh, yeah, to everything yeah. that Scotland said? Because I want to hear, I want to, I want to dig more into that because I have a lot of questions based on what you said. Because I know most of the stuff that you talked about, I want to say eighty percent of it. I've heard and I've seen a lot of documentaries and I've read a lot of literature that have gone deep into that. And I know that there were firefighters who were in the basement of the Twin Tower who heard explosions oh, yeah. in the basement that, that before the plane even hit. And, and they got fired for bringing it up. And they weren't saying it was a conspiracy theory when they brought it up. They were just bringing it up and they got fired and they were sent away or some shit, man. Some, some fucking shady stuff happened. And, and there was a lot of evidence where if... They've done a lot of shit where if, if it wasn't an inside job, they've done a ton of shit that really makes them yeah. look suspicious. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, they have done nothing in favor of themselves except try so hard to prevent any real information from being exposed. Well, you know it, what I mean? It, it goes on and on. The Larry Silverstein um, paid, like, a few million for the Trade Center Towers and then got, like, $12 billion, uh, in insurance afterwards. Oh, wow. So he made, like, a giant... Like a, historic profit off of all of it he also was interviewed on pbs uh, oh, after who? larry silverstein the guy who owned he he uh he leased the world trade center towers like starting in 96 or 98 or something. what what else has he done though like who is he he's a he's like a jewish real estate um <laughs> insider he's has a lot of like ties to israel um i'm sorry before you continue last podcast we said that we really want to hear the <laughs> jewish accent Jewish. Accent, accent. <laughs> so, could you do a Jew voice for us, please? A Jew voice. Uh, <clears throat> I'll be able to do one a lot better when we're at Indian food with all the ah! <laughs> all the kids around. All, right, because, all the uh, kids. <laughs> I need children. Yeah, the neighborhood is full of like India's of like there's like a temple suits. right there and in a Jewish institute right there. Um, just down the street and there's a lot of like um, orthodox Jews that walk around and right next to India's oven which is the best Indian food in all of Los Angeles um, just have to say that no, we just, somebody just please please sponsor the podcast <laughs> please sponsor <laughs> someone we want to sponsor the podcast this was not cheap <laughs> anyway um, we'll do stamps.com but we don't want to <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably be our like number one benefactor too. Ting, we just lost ting. our only one. It's ting. <laughs> ting. Anyway, that's uh, you by Ting. 
Well, try to bring it up. So I want to hear that awesome voice at some point tonight. <laughs> yeah, surprises, but <laughs> anyway, go on. So was it Joe Silverstein? Um, Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein. He was on PBS um, shortly after, and they were talking about World Trade Center tower collapsing, and he said uh, that we had decided to pull it. Pull it being the term um, the engineers use when they're going to demolish, like um, when they're going to blow up a building. So he basically said that, like, uh, he said there's been so much loss of life and everything that happened, we decided to pull it because they were uh, supposedly afraid of, like, it falling on its own or whatever. But uh, afterward, they, comp- like, completely denied everything. You can still look it up. Like, it was, it was on PBS. It aired and everything. But they, uh, so do you- they, don't, they don't want that message to be put out because because then people will realize, well, wait, they, they rigged the entire building. Like, it takes... Like weeks of preparation to rig it all perfectly. Well, there mo like every like a lot of floors were under construction like before it happened, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this stuff, a lot of a lot of people when you start talking about this topic will just like automatically blow you off as like you know a, a crazy person or, or somebody who like buys into some shit. But if you look into a lot of the evidence that's really put forward, there are, there are very credible resources that show that a lot of the evidence is there. You know what I mean? And people ignore it because I feel like they've really pushed where if you even bring it up, they want people to automatically go to that place where it's like, okay, this person has no credibility. Yeah. But the evidence is fucking there. Like people just don't want to look at it. They don't want to see it. They want to just automatically write you off because people want to live in that comfort zone. But the evidence is there. If you go and you look, some of it, some of it is speculation because you can't know because, you know. But a lot of it, a lot of it, there's there's clear evidence that is that exists where you can go and you can look and you can say, wow, that really is a little bit suspicious. You get the guy who found thermite in the fucking metal, like Stephen Jones. Stephen Jones that you that's that's a little for, bit fucking suspicious. Why would that be there? And thermite, for those that don't know what it is, thermite is like one of the most um, explosive and most like it's it's how jesse and walt stole the fucking uh okay everybody just watched that episode of breaking bad where where they they break into the lab yeah they use thermite and basically to get the methylamine yes um they they blow open the door i'm not a chemist nor do i try to be it's a it's a highly explosive (laughs) material you know and and then artificially produced um it's not naturally manufactured chemical that cuts through steel um, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, well, it also wow, admits <laughs> it, it admits white smoke, which if you look at the towers, anything burning inside an office building will emit black, so thick black smoke. But if you look like at the corners and the certain windows, it's all like this white smoke lifting out, and it's all because the main uh, supports have been wrapped with thermite, and they're all slowly melting. Um, but it's but how it's, would they? All right. Well, how would they have wrapped? All the frames, all the beams, all the with thermite without anybody knowing um, inside. Supposedly, about in June, prior, uh, prior to September, they they closed down for like a day or so. They they had a bunch of maintenance work going on in like the like elevator. Or yeah, whatever. a lot of stuff was under construction throughout the year. They're doing regular maintenance over the building. Really? A lot of yeah, a lot of, and that like I said, that's a lot of the shit that's evidence that you can look at, you can see that that's there, that really happened. But also there there's all kinds of real footage of like people on the scene and firefighters and they're all talking about hearing explosions and they're all talking about uh there's one where the guys are like, Get back up, back up, they're gonna pull it, they're gonna they're talking about like World Trade Center number <clears> seven. 
They're like, we're, we're going to, you know, they're going to pull it. They're going to bring it down. Everyone back up. Everyone back up. Um, and there's tons of more footage of firefighters talking about explosions and saying that they, like, they were all injured in explosions and it all just gets, it just gets silent. But I remember, like, you were talking about um, people not wanting to hear it or, or give any attention. I remember yeah. when I first heard it. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, it's really like a whole thing of people don't want to believe that they've been duped. That like, if uh, if if they're lying about that, then then it's kind of like a really scary and very insecure feeling to realize that like you have no idea what world you're really living, and that every people are actually totally conniving against you. And that's that that's you're fair though. That you're a well, total fool. that's a well, fair that's a know, fair thing to be afraid of though, because that's a really fucking heavy thing to have to wrap your mind. You around. know what? Even what the it, possibility of you know what it reminds me of is. Do you remember when you were um, Nick? When you were uh, talking to your mom about like conspiracies and like um, not not so much conspiracies but things where the government is duping you, yeah. And your mom said, "Why would the government dupe you? Like they, all you're saying is just bullshit." And well, well, she didn't say words, everything was yeah, bullshit, but she she totally disagreed with you and tried to make you kind of sound like far fetched. Um, and I I like what you said. You said um, you said. You brought up uh, the Nixon administration about uh, yeah, Watergate, Watergate, where how they actually was, got caught. Yeah, they actually got caught in the seventies, and you're talking about forty years later. They don't have the technology to fucking cover up things a lot better than they did in the fucking seventies. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that, and that was my point because she said, like, what, like, why would the government try to trick us? Because you know what, like, we're, I mean, not so much now, but a long time ago. Patriotism was a much cooler thing than it is now. You know what I mean? Like it was more normal to really feel like the country was behind you, and you want to believe that. And I think that's the thing that scares people is that to think that this kind of stuff is real—that's really heavy shit, man. You know what I mean? To have to sit there because it's a it's a burden because you began, to be afraid of these yeah. things that are out there. You begin to realize that how helpless you are is one thing. How helpless you are, and also that this pretty world that you live in is not as pretty as we make it we think once you cross these borders you have drug wars you have cartels you have uh senseless murders you have people constantly fighting for land you have people constantly fighting over religion you have constant disease and suffering and and death and this country and i understand why but they turn they turn away from it. Well, to, to kind of address something that Scotland had said, like you're saying that people are afraid, people are people get upset that they're being duped or, or they get upset because they've been tricked all this time. And I agree with that because that's, I mean, that like I said, you because we trust these people or you're supposed to be able to trust these people to take care of us, which was the idea of them existing in the first place. The thing that I've noticed a lot of people say and, and, and it's, I've heard this multiple times when I bring up anything remotely close to this. And I try to tiptoe my way into this because you don't want to turn people... People get turned off quickly by the subject they walk or any away. of these subjects. They walk away or they shut off. You know, there's a heavy prejudice to, this to, to any of these topics. But one thing they say specifically about the World Trade Center is, so you're telling me that the government was okay with killing all of those innocent people. Yeah. And you know what it is? Like, it really hurts... To say yes, if you believe that, you, what you're saying is that the government is okay with killing all those innocent people. And you're saying that. And what you're doing is you're accusing all of these people of being murderers. And if you think about it, the people who orchestrated this 
whoever they are, are fucking murderers. They killed all those people. None of those people signed up to get killed for the cause. All And so many people died for that shit. For what? Just the ends to justify the means? What does that make us? Are we just commodities to these people? Are we, are we expenditures? Are we things that are just... You can just throw human lives aside. We sit over here and we're debating over death penalties and abortion, the value of one human life, gay and thousands gay marriage, and thousands of human lives were just like just ended marijuana. for what? You know how many lives have been destroyed because of marijuana? Seriously, man. You know how like that? sad that is. Meanwhile, hundreds of people, millions of people are dying from <laughs> cigarettes from and cigarette. alcohol, drones. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! You know but what I mean? Touching, I mean, on, but well, the, touch, touching on that, like, because we, all right, after President Bush, because we understand, like, nobody loved President Bush. Nobody loves President Obama either anymore. Nobody loves... Well, nobody should love President Obama as much as 2008 Obama. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. I I mean, I voted for Obama. I had so much hope. I was Dude, like, I voted yes, for Obama yes, finally. It was somebody. so easy to fall into the delusion of, of him making promises that he as the President of the United States has absolutely no authority to, to follow through. Because it's fun, dis- it's fun to pretend that the President means anything. Well, it's fun to pretend the, the president exists. Well, we gave so much power to the former president. We thought, well, this guy could do the same thing, right? But he's going to be the, the right president. Thing. To me, the president is like the entire country votes on an avatar. Who's going to be <laughs> who's going to be the avatar for USA? Oh, um, we're going to pick this little guy. And it was just after the movie Avatar, and we had to pick somebody really tall and, and different colors. And then we pick <laughs> we pick what our character looks like, and then the people who run the government get to use the controllers, and they get to make him. Pretend that he's doing the things that they're all doing. You know what? So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm it must be hard because, honestly, I I don't think I don't think Obama really means to do all of that, dude. You I know don't think I, I, I don't I, think the guy's dumb enough to think that he actually could do any of it. When you're the president, you know, by the time you're at the position where you're decided, we think this guy can be the president. You know, you're voted the Amer- by by the American Idol, whatever the government does to pick who the president is going to be. You know, and then they pick who's going to be the best person that we're going to pretend who could be the other president, right? Yeah. And then when they when they finally decide this is going to be the president, the guy knows what's going to happen. They just give him a script. How many of the words that Obama says during speeches do you really think are things that he wrote, things that he came up with? He, he has, How much freedom he has does two he have? or three. Uh... Just in the campaign, he had like two speechwriters in the first 2008 campaign. And they wrote all of the speech. Oh, they right? wrote all of the speech. How much did he? How much did he just go up there and freestyle? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Only when right. hecklers came in. If he, maybe <laughs> if he threw one of these up, you know. But other than that, not the So what do you think? Just an actor. <clears throat> He's the teleprompter in chief. The... There's nothing wrong with using a teleprompter. <laughs> Teleprompter and chief. I I would rather trust someone who speaks from the heart, like Ron Paul. <laughs> oh what! Wow, wow. Not to confuse with his bastard child, Rand Paul. Is <laughs> our only choice still? Uh, Ron Paul for a, a decent leader as president. Rand Paul, twenty fourteen. You mean twenty sixteen? Whatever. <laughs> it's really? not like you're going to vote. We have to wait until 2016. No, I'm not going to vote. Because I believe in 
voting just shows that I'm I'm still delusional enough to think it actually matters or is being counted correctly. <laughs> I think yeah. most Americans feel the same way I do. Where like only less than twenty percent of people actually vote. Did you see today that uh, Congress has a six percent approval rating? <clears throat> I think that's the lowest it's ever been. Right? Lowest ever recorded in the history. I feel like that's Below appropriate. Car, used car salesman. <laughs> what? Wow. Holy shit. Wow, I've never heard of it being in the single digits. Six percent. Yeah, people people know. People get it, we're all being totally screwed over and lied to. You know what? I remember when I was being totally screwed over and lied to by Bill Clinton. Those were good times, <laughs> man. Bill Clinton. All he lied about was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> fucking and blowing up children. I mean, the guy, the guy, the guy like Fleetwood Mac, so I mean, he must have been cool. Yeah, yeah. Mr. President, were you fucking some lady? Uh, can we blow up some children real quick, please? <laughs> I like to kiss children after I fuck. <laughs> Give me Henry Kissinger on the phone. Aww. Screw Henry Kissinger. I don't like that guy. That's why he wants to kill you. Um... No, but let's be honest, though. Don't you guys remember the 90s a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I was like, I was... Could you shut up? Don't, I was like don't four, I was ages don't four through 12, but yeah, it was fun. Oh, my God. The unemployment level at 13%. <sighs> you need to stop <laughs> admiring Bill Clinton. Actually... He is a globalist trash. And then he... He played saxophone? Assume, he played saxophone. He would just as soon see... He went to Korea. cultural... <laughs> He's culture, culture minded. Um, apparently, there's a lot of murders surrounding him and his campaign. Uh, uh, like the governor in Arkansas, Murder? he orders. He's ordered murders of a lot of people. There's books out talking about it. Really? They're gonna try to make Hillary. It's gonna be Hillary versus Christie, which will just be a new low. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that's a really new low. But all right, here's my prediction. Okay. I think um, I think uh, Hillary is going to try to run, but then some other younger candidate is going to step in and totally blow her off. Is it going to be one of those things where like the hot one wins? <laughs> um, that that'll be, and you know what? It's going to be it's going to be Simon. <laughs> the people who are going to vote for the president is going to be it's going to be the debates are going to be um, they're going to be moderated by Simon Cowell <laughs> from American Idol. And uh, no, Jennifer no. Lopez. Fear Factor. And Joe Rogan. <laughs> Fear Factor. No, Joe, Joe Rogan's Rogan. not allowed because he thinks. <laughs> it's got to be someone who knows how to make things interesting. Well, Snap it up. Snap it up. He smokes weed. Yeah, he, he does. Simon Cowell. No. No. Definitely not Simon Cowell. Oh, God. Joe Rogan. Actually, you know what? I think, I think Simon Cowell would be interesting. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Not, not that. Because he would be raped then for saying stupid shit. Yeah, he's like... I believe in American jobs. No, you don't. Actually, that was horrible. That is the I most unoriginal bullshit quote ever said. Everybody says it. For some reason, the fact that he has an English accent lends him automatic credibility to American audiences. It does. Someone's <laughs> going to give him an Oscar some, for some reason. Babe, could you do a English accent for me? Was you in the boat when the boat tipped over? No, I was in the water. <laughs> the water. That was the sexiest thing you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's or David Beckham. I know. 
I did it, and I'll do it again. <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> um, why poor, poor David Beckham? Because girls think he's hot until he starts talking. <laughs> he doesn't tip. So basic. He doesn't, he doesn't tip. tip. He used to come to my Starbucks all the he's time. European. Oh my god! Oh, I didn't know. Nobody really. Nobody really tips at Starbucks. A, a lot. Just of a few people, people tip. It's stupid. The regulars. It's stupid to tip at Starbucks because those people don't get paid any differently based on how you tip and the tips. Yeah, that's but, true. But 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 for some reason it's expected of people and people I bitch about like, not getting. I do tip. like to tip, um, like uh, twenty bucks, um, like around the holidays, at Starbucks. Like I like to tip twenty bucks in, inside the jar. So everyone gets another ninety cents that week. Well. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not gonna tip at your Starbucks. Don't. <laughs> Don't tip at my Starbucks. <laughs> no, because like I, I mean, I go there. I go to Starbucks so frequently. Like I feel like I should tip. Cause you don't give them enough of your money already. Why well, use my drinks. card? Well, all right. You don't gotta be a cunt. I'm sorry. That'd be so rude. Mm, bad Nick. How do you feel about tipping, Scotland? Those people tip less here in California. Do they? Yeah. We were just talking because servers get paid minimum wage here, and in other states you get like only two bucks an hour. And that's why people tip more. You know what? That's and that's that's really fucked up. Um, I was reading. I was I listened to Freakonomics. Freakonomics did the yeah, episode on tipping, and it was Dude, a really good episode. episode. And no, it was like three weeks ago. No, it's not. They did a tipping episode three weeks ago. No, I I, I listened to that like four months ago. It was not from podcast. four months ago. You son of a bitch. On the podcast? I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't think so, though. Cause I, it I was recently... a re-broadcast. Anyway, you're right. I actually, I actually talked to him about that. Where, Did you? And not to be racist, and I hate to start sentences like that, but it, they found out that black people actually do tip less. Not only do they tip less, duh. (laughs) No, it wasn't that. You know what? That wasn't. Excuse me. No, that wasn't the part. Like cheese. I I didn't find that part interesting. It wasn't that black people tip less. I found out white people tip white people more than they tip black people. I found out black people tip white people more than they tip other black people. Yeah, true. That was the one that stood out to me the most. I was like, "What? You know, what I, is that? Black people tip that. white people more than they tip black people." And you they interviewed black people asking, like, they interviewed a bunch of them asking why, like, why do you tip less? And they said, "Well, people got to earn my money and, and all this kind of shit." It was, it was just a different way of. It was a different mentality. Yeah. But I I don't get. Like that's fine if you don't like if you don't believe in tipping, even if it's like a cultural thing, then you don't fucking believe in tipping. It's not like it's mandatory, but. The fact that they that they tip white people more than they tip other black people, that was the part that stood out to me because I'm thinking, why? Why that? Because they feel like they have to prove that they are that they got money to white people. It could be. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. But that's, but like I think that's... Equals, like, oh, you, like, kind of like a pity, pity tip? I feel like that says a lot more, though, than in general white people tip more than black people. I think black people tipping white people more than they tip other black people says a lot more... I, I think it's a more interesting it's a more interesting approach I think they should have explored that way more than just throwing out the statistics they said that they would but they, it was kind of hard to really identify why 
Yeah. Because, I, I, yeah, I remember that. Freakonomics is such a fucking good podcast. It is. It's really good. To. And they're only like half an hour each, and they talk to a lot of people. Dude, there's a lot. Oh, man. You should, do you have them on the podcast? The really? podcast? Yeah, I, I download random episodes. Oh, no, dude. Listen to them, like, consistently. Like, you learn so much facts, and... Even when you tell there, there's a suicide paradox, which I want to listen to that one. Yeah, that one is really good. Um, I was I was blown away. You can't really talk to people about it. It's kind of tough. Um, yeah, about that one because they kind of look at you. Or I've tried to. I've tried the suicide paradox. Remember well, let's I talk about you? it now. Yeah. Well, we all right. Well, the suicide paradox and um, <clears throat> I found it really interesting. Remember, I told you. That in uh, first world countries, um, suicide is, and the way they put it, is considered more of a luxury. Suicide's a luxury? Yeah. Like, only some people get to do it? So, the way they started off, (laughs) well, actually, kind of, yeah. The way they started off the podcast was they had this, um, I don't think it was Catholic, it was a Protestant, like, uh, missionary. Mm Mm-hmm. And he talks about his story, how he went to, um, I forgot where, somewhere in Africa. Um, and the whole point was, you know, as a missionary, to convert <clears throat> these people. Spread and Jesus. Tell, spread Jesus and tell them how Jesus saved them and this and that. Right. Just to let you know, this guy left a religion and joined this African community and became an anthropologist. Uh-huh. And began to study their community and so forth. And his story was, he came over, he tried to spread Christianity. And in doing so, what he did, he brought the whole tribe into like a, like a congregation, a meeting. And he was telling them about um, the love and sacrifice that Jesus did for them. Mm-hmm. Whatever that may be. And Whatever that may be. <laughs> and he said, hey, all that nonsense. <laughs> and he said that, um, and he, what he said was that, what really changed his life was when I believe his aunt killed it, killed herself. Uh huh. And um, who said this? Um, the missionary. Okay. The aunt killed it herself, and like it totally changed his life. And he and he and he began, he became religious. Mm-hmm. And the whole tribe started laughing. What? The entire tribe just started cracking up and laughing. And this guy's like pouring out something very personal about himself. And he's like, well, what's so funny? And and they're like, your aunt. Like, why the fuck would she kill herself? (laughs) That's such a stupid thing to do. Uh Uh-huh. And it took him a while, but... Because those people spend their whole lives trying not to die. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Like, their whole... No. They live. They live in malaria. They live in. They confront diseases. They confront animals trying to kill them. They confront through like just a simple flu could kill them. Every day they're trying not to die. Every day. They're, exactly. One of their main their main purpose is probably not to die. Exactly. And so basically, the entire podcast and the entire episode, they're they're talking. They they go to different um, scenarios about suicide, and they come to realize that. In actuality, suicide is really just found in first world countries and first world regions. And not found in these third world countries where people are constantly trying to stay alive and they see a purpose. And on top of that, they're happier. They're happier in their own 
day-to-day lives. Yeah, I believe it. And um, it was it was really interesting to me, really eye-opening. And there was even um, fuck shit, because I, I haven't I haven't looked into it in a while. Um, this episode happened like about three months ago. But um, they uh, they go to I believe it was Turkey, a city in Turkey where it has the highest the highest um, suicide rate in the rest of the country put together. Where? I think it was Turkey. I might be wrong. Um, I would have to go back to the podcast. Turkey that. has the highest suicide rate of what? No, no. I'm just saying the this city, area of Turkey. The city in Turkey has the highest suicide rate in the rest of all of the rest of Turkey put together. And in the city. Um, of course, suicide is not illegal, but it's, it's. But the difference is that it's not frowned upon either. So in the city, they're actually um, so many people like kill themselves, and a lot of people talk about killing themselves. Yeah. And the thing is, like, in their perspective and their whole like um, worldview is that. If you're sad or if you want to, if you're in pain, if, if you just can't handle life anymore, then just kill yourself. And their whole view is that you're actually doing the rest of us a favor. <laughs> because we don't have to, we don't have to take care of you when you're old and you're, and you're um, in ailments, you know, we don't have to deal with your bullshit. We don't have to. You know, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. That's that's interesting because going a step further from that, um, this past weekend I watched a really short documentary with my dad called Children of the Taliban. And they interviewed people from Al-Qaeda. It was really interesting. It was really weird. It was just this guy with like this huge beard walking around talking to people. But he was going around, he interviewed a guy, like one of the leaders from Al-Qaeda who got arrested. And, like, recently released or something, and he's just kind of, like, chilling in Afghanistan or whatever. And and he was asking, he interviewed kids who were, like, failed suicide bombers. And, oh, wow. like, they went in, and they, they were old enough to think, well... Wait, so they're all, their, like, whole body is, like, all damaged and everything? No. No, not, they, they were failed suicide. I'm sorry, they failed their mission by, they went in, and they thought, they were old enough to think, well... I know if I if I hit this button or whatever that I'm gonna die and I don't want to die so I'm not gonna do it and they just decided not to do it and they got arrested instead because people saw they had a fucking bomb on them right when they ran into the building and they were sent to reformatory school or whatever to study the Quran and become an Islam and like learn that because in the Quran it clearly says killing people is bad don't kill people don't commit suicide all that shit is bad Right, like people have to manipulate people into into thinking that it's, you know, like like all other religions fucking do, and they they like they interviewed some kids like they they because they get kids who are young as like five years old, and what they tell these five year old kids five to like twelve year old kids. Are you sure? They they were they apparently they tell these like five these super like little fucking kids, dude, that. When they like they they all put the bomb on their chest and they tell them that the bomb's gonna only blow forward and it's not gonna go backwards, so it's not gonna blow them up. It's only gonna blow up everything forward. What? <clears throat> and 
And the people that they do, I, I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's aside the point I was trying to make though. But they they get these kids. They start teaching them when they're like four or five. When they like when we learn the alphabet, that's already at that point they're already being mentored by these fucking crazy people. Like they're crazy, and and they they tell them like. In America, all of our toilet paper has the Quran on it. All of our toilet paper has like the name Allah what? or God. They tell us that they that like we pee, we piss on the Quran all the time, or that like we we rip out the pages of the Quran for fun and 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 tear them up and burn them, and that's how we have a good time in America or wherever their enemies live. They grow up thinking that that we sit there and we that's destroy everything that yeah it's brainwashing yeah dude that's obviously and and you know what they don't even give a fuck because that's what they do and they tell these kids like they teach them from that young like what you have to do is you have to go and sacrifice yourself to 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 um save the name of god like you're you're doing god a service you're you're saving god from the enemy you're raised to believe that these got that these other people that your entire purpose in life was to eliminate these people from existing for the name of God. God created you to to act as his own tool to eliminate these people from the earth. And they go and they blow themselves up thinking this is going to be the thing that that God wants me to do. This is my purpose. My purpose in life is to only be here for a few years to do that and then go be in paradise with him. And and I think until I watched this documentary, I never thought about it to that depth. I've always known like their promised paradise and all that kind of shit, but I never thought about the fact that that's all they know. Like I never thought about the fact that they don't grow up a regular life and then are convinced otherwise. They grow up thinking this is the only reason I exist and this is what I'm here for and this is this is what God wants and I'm going to do this and go immediately to heaven. Like if I was told when I was little kids, right? Four little or five kids, girls. dude, 4 or 5, little fucking kids who are like running around kids who hear they're like playing kids here who when they go like play on at the at the playground and shit their parents have to be there otherwise it's a felony like those are the kids who are who are going and being taught this shit i don't know who their parents are i don't know well, also they could be kidnapped yeah a lot of them are kidnapped when they're babies and shit but i mean just they raise them as tools like they don't even treat their own people like people you know what I mean? These people are so fucked up that in their heads, these super self-righteous people, they 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 feel like these children are are commodities. You know what I mean? They don't see what's wrong with this shit, or maybe they do, man. And if that's the case, and I feel like if you're an intelligent person, if you're intelligent enough to to put a lot of this shit together, you know that what you're doing is not what you're supposed to be doing. Like I feel like this is. I don't know. It, it can it can go in an even even deeper levels than that. But as far as like the su- to go back to the suicide paradox and not to go back into conspiracy theories again, or if we do, we can take a different avenue that direction. Like they're like you said, like the people who commit suicide are the privileged people who who you know somehow are so conditioned to feel safe in this world that the only way out is to kill themselves. And then people in Africa laugh at that because they think I spent my entire life trying not to die. Why would I let myself die? You yeah, know, that goes against my like very existence. Way. Exactly. Why even exist? Like, you know what I mean? But then there are these people who are taught from the beginning that they were meant to die. That was their entire purpose. Did they talk about that at all in the in the freaking no, episode? Take a shower before. We... Yeah. Oh, yeah.
right, well, have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, they didn't bring that up. Um, it was totally like... Um, I've heard that like um, some of those kids, uh, or some people in general, they'll strap them up with the bomb and they'll have like an extra one just in case they change their mind they blow them straight oh. away. A lot of them, a lot of what? them they put the bomb on them and the kids don't detonate them, themselves. Somebody with a detonator is standing further away just waiting for them to go into the building and then they press the button and blow them up. Yeah. So they that don't have a choice. Disgusting. Like, I don't know, man. Like, Some of them don't even tell them, dude, most of these people don't even know they have bombs on them. They just send them in. Not most, but a lot of them don't even know they have bombs in them. And they send them over there to go do, you know, whatever. And then they blow them up when they get there. And they're little kids, man. They're just basically, what they see them as remote control weapons that they have enough control over that can think on their own where they can just say, get well, over yeah. there. I mean, it is kind of guerrilla warfare, you know? It is kind of like, uh, well, whatever it takes to fucking get... Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, the ends justify the means. And and this, even it was, a, dude, it was like a 20-minute episode and only like 15 minutes episode dealt with this shit. 15 minutes dealt with this shit. But they interviewed one of the guys who was like one of the orchestrators of Al-Qaeda... Or the Taliban. I don't know what the difference is, but it was one of those two, one of those two organizations. And he asked the guy. He he shared says so in the Quran it says that killing's not okay. So why why do you guys push this? And the guy said, because one of the you know the leaders in our group, you know, he interpreted it and he said it was okay. And that's he just left it that he's like I and I believe in this person and if they say that they interpreted it and it was okay, then God wants it to be the case see and, and and that's the thing i i i mean because i'm i'm well you know me i'm not really for religion i understand it i i, I accept it it's there i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna be part of it i don't really endorse it and when i see people trying to convert me or trying to tell me what truth is used by using re- religion i like to destroy that <laughs> but <laughs> when i see when I hear something like that, when like, well, <laughs> this is what the Quran says, and this and that, like, it makes me sad to hear that these people aren't using critical thing. And it's not. I mean, the guy could be religious, you know. Yeah. The guy could be religious, and he really believes in this, and he's he finds a spirituality in this, but. For an asshole to go up to him and say, "Well, I'm a divine interpreter. I'm go- and using religion like this. Look, I already hate religion on its own. <laughs> now add an asshole interpreter that just comes in and 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 uses it for his own benefit. And uses it to do his own fucking um, agenda. It's." It's um, it's an affront to humanity. It's an affront to um, to everyone. There's there's three people in the religion. There's the one percent who's the leaders. Yeah. There's the ninety eight percent, ninety the ninety five percent, whatever, who are the followers, the people who want. They're in the religion because they want to be told what to believe. They want to be told what to do. They want because it's easier to be told what's right and what's wrong. And to follow another person. And then there's like the 4% who are the people who say, hey, I want to be in on this and be told by the 1% what to tell the other people what to do. And... and Wait, repeat that? 
there's the 1% who start the religion, who are the head of the religion. Using Catholicism as an example, the Vatican, the Pope, he's the 1%, and the archbishops, right? Okay. The, the leaders the of the leaders. They're the official leaders of the, yeah. And then there are, there's the congregation. There's the other hundreds of thousands of people who are the religion, the people who give everybody, give all their money away and their time and everything they believe in and do everything that they're told to do based on what the religion says is the right thing to do this day to the next day or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the other 4%, the priests and the the bishops, like the people who are, the people, the, the deacons, the people who decide, I'm going to be a leader in this organization. And they're also followers, but a lot of them, I assume, probably understand what they're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there's also another um, category in there. Uh-huh. Um the ones that aren't aren't leaders but they pretend they are. And I'm going to use and I'm going to and I don't want to single anybody out, but I <laughs> but will. I'm going to. <laughs> I don't want to, but I have to. Um I don't know the name of this guy, but um and hopefully somebody can help me. I don't know his name. He's a short um white chunky old dude with gaps in his teeth and he's part of the american catholic association i believe and he's one of the leaders he's been made fun of on um, south park um he's been interviewed by stephen colbert on the colbert report and i've seen him um being interviewed um on cnn um talking about how liberal um the the current pope is pope frank Mm-hmm. Francis. Pope Frank. Pope Frank. I thought you just called him that. Just that's just your name for him. I just, I just that is Pope Frank. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he's a very ultra conservative um, um, follower, and he has nothing to do with the actual um, religion of Catholicism. But because there's an association of Catholics in the United States. Um, he thinks he is a leader and he tells people that they're going to hell that, you know, um, that people like are evangelicals, right. almost like, like that. Yeah. And he goes up and he confronts people. He's almost, I, I don't know how, what to explain TV how to preachers like that kind of shit, right? People who act as spiritual leaders who are not endorsed by the church. But they take advantage of religious people. Right? Exactly. They're, exactly. They're like they do little independently owned churches and shit. Exactly. Well, he's not. He doesn't have his own church. He doesn't have a church, but yeah, he's, he's a not, speaker. He's not a priest or anything like that. He's, he's just well, I'm a representative of the Catholic Church. Right. You know. Yeah. Who? No, you're not. Like you're <laughs> like, not a who priest. Are, who are you're you? not a. Like um, I don't know if you can look him up. You're probably just texting. No, but, I'm gonna look him up right now. Um, he he's been made fun of lots of times, and and um, um, he wears glasses too. So, so why do people give him so much attention? Um, that's a good question. I mean, because there's a bunch of people like that. Well, because there's there's a bureaucracy. 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 <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> um, set up, but it was made up for what to represent the Catholics in in the United States. I, I suppose, uh -huh. you know, um, I, 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 why, you know, like, 
I suppose um I suppose I can understand that oh well we are the we're Catholics in the United States and we have these interests. But to say that well I'm a leader so I'm going to I'm going to tell what Catholics in the United States should do. And that's just that's a, something that's, different. That's a really light version of everything that all these other people who start all these branches of their own religions do like Mormonism and yeah. Lutheranism. It's just it's just a smaller version of that because now now that we live, now that our world is so secular and technology is so advanced, you can't do shit like that like, "Oh, well this is a new area, so I'm going to start something new. I'm going to do something that's been done over and over again. I'm going to do my own version of it with these new people." There are no more new people. The entire world's here. Everybody knows what everybody's doing. So all you can do is kind of take advantage of who's already there in your own kind of unique way and you can capitalize on Yeah, go on. Yeah. You can capitalize on on taking advantage of people that way. And you know what's scary is that a lot of people fucking follow them. Oh yeah, man, because like I said, man, 95% of people like to be told what to do. People like to be told what to believe. It's more comforting. It's just easier, man. By the end of the day, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you take care of your family, you pay your goddamn bills. You don't have time to think about what you want to have to think about. The government's going to tell me what to do. Religion's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> I don't know how to spend my money. I'll do what they tell, tell me, me to what, spend my money on. Tell me what I should be paying. Black Friday is Which, a yeah, good example thank you. of that. Dude, I saw a picture. I saw a really cool picture. It was, it was a picture of shoes. Right? <laughs> and the price tag on the shoe said $100. And there was no one next to it. And then the same shoes, there was a picture of a price tag. There was a, there was, the shoes were there. The price tag said $200, but 200 was crossed out. And it said sale, only $100. And there were a bunch of people there. And it's the same pair of shoes, and you're spending the same money. But they're just telling you that you're saving money. Because... Because you think that, you know, by if I buy these shoes now, it's just the mentality. It's a marketing mentality. It's basic marketing mentality where people think I'm saving money by spending my money on this. I was um I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and um there was a fuck. Um there was this um episode with I forgot her name. She's from um the Young Turks. And she was talking about how um, consumption has totally taken over in the United States and how there was um, an incident where this African-American kid, he he finds a belt. He goes to a store, very expensive store, and he finds a belt that's worth, I forgot how much, somewhere around $300. Right. And he goes up to the to the register and he's about to pay with a debit card and the cash register the um cashier calls the security and says um and pre- pretty much saying like he he stole that card somehow he stole that card that he can't afford that card it's like he's in his teens i believe yeah and he's buying a $300 belt obviously that's racism right, <laughs> right assuming right. that a black kid can't afford um, a black person can't afford a $300 belt. But what she was pointing out was that looking beyond the racism, what the fuck is a teenager buying a $300, $300 belt for? for? Yeah. Like, what, what kind of shit is that? You know how many age doing buying a $300 <laughs> belt? A belt isn't even a necessary piece of clothing, it's an accessory. 
It is an accessory. An accessory that you're probably going to throw away or have to buy a new one I'm in the next aware, year. Man. People have a bunch of different... I have one belt for all my pants. I have Maybe two belts. Two. I have two belts. One for what? Which one I'm wearing right now, which looks shitty, but you know I wear it with all my jeans and shorts. It does what it's supposed to do, and the other belt is for a when dress, a dressy belt for my right. dress. Yeah, for my dress clothes, which I usually wear to work. And it's silly that it, you know it's silly that fashion dictates what's dressy and what's not dressy. But I also have like a cloth belt, like that's like a shitty kind of. Like, well, I didn't say cloth. All of my belts are leather. Okay, yeah, no one gives a shit about you. Actually, your you know Costco, it matters. It matters. Ross, you know how many dollars? You know how many belt. calves died. To make my belt. I made sure at least six died. I made sure at least six died. I personally I shot sure, one. <laughs> I made sure the, the the I made sure that the the cow of the of the of the the leather well, there goes that joke for the belt I'm wearing. <laughs> I, I made sure that he watched all the other cows die before I killed him. <laughs> so he was tenderized by the death of his brothers before he was killed for for my leisure. Anyway, going back to what Christian said. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because that joke went to shit. <laughs> what joke? Um, <laughs> no, I think I do uh, like agree with you on that. That it's just you know this whole regardless of whether you're religious or you know whether you even like celebrate Thanksgiving like a lot. Oh, of we're, people, you're going back far. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> going back to my. I know. <laughs> Black Friday just being like for people to spend their money and like the sales and all that stuff and like I think it's just ridiculous how you know these like corporations are basically kind of like getting rid of Thanksgiving and just making it about the sales I mean before like the sales used to start on Friday like that's why it's called Black Friday now it started Christmas start like two months ago Yeah. I don't even remember Halloween. <laughs> but I mean, it's just stuff like that where it's like now the sales start at like six, you know, on Thanksgiving Day. And it's like, yeah. well, well, what, what? Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. It's, um, it's kind of disturbing too because it, year it, it after really year is. you hear, I don't know about you, I don't know if you heard about it, but this year there was a, there was a, I think a security officer that was dragged from like he he was chasing a guy that I think was a suspect of of robbing a store, and he got stuck somehow to the car, and the fucking guy drove off. What? And the cop was being dragged by by this car, dude, for like a while, and it's everybody just because... fucking looked. Everybody just like, well, fuck it, and they just kept on shopping. Dude, at this point, it's. Every year, it's expected for there to be over-the-top people getting trampled, people getting killed, people getting, like, stampeded. And I get they, it. And I get it. I don't fucking... I, I get it, but it doesn't make sense. Like, all right. Today, I'm not going to lie, I went to go shop. I went to Macy's it's Sunday. Today. Well, you know, calm the fuck down, all right? It's not. It's not two o'clock in the morning in front of Best Buy on Friday. Well, I woke up early, and by early, I mean 7.30. And I got there at nine. It takes uh, me a while. <laughs> it takes me a while to get. Just use your imagination. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I got there. Um, we 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 went to Macy's and and honestly, you find some good deals. I'm not gonna lie. I, I understand why people go there because they think, oh, this is perfect time to um 
shop. But honestly, I only bought four things. Well, why did you go in the first place? Well, because um, it's it's that time where like my mom treats me uh-huh. to like clothes. She's like, "Well, this is gonna be your uh, your Christmas." Okay. So I'm like, "Well, all right." Oh, so you were with your mom? Yeah, I was with my mom, and okay. she's like, "Well, you know," and I don't shop for clothes. Yeah. The entire year. So this is basically <laughs> this is next year's wardrobe. This is next year's wardrobe. These are the two. four things. Those four things. It's the All two right. shirts, the one pair of jeans, and the underwear I'm wearing for the next year. All right, I got five, two belts. Five things. Well, no, I got this four. Belt, this belt is gonna last for another two years at least. I got four belts in one tie. No. <laughs> no, I got five uh, pieces of art, uh, article of clothing: a jacket, a really nice, nice jacket, two um, button-up shirts, and two jeans. Cool. Um, none of which is here. Right. Um, some deal over there. They want me to go shopping on Wednesday, but it's not going to happen. I'm just going to go in there and pick it up. What? But, yeah, I know. It's a weird thing that they did. Um, it's Everything is just kind of like a trying to roundabout experimental scheme. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It is. But oh, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I saw this Calvin Klein jacket. That I just fell in love with the moment I saw it. I'm like, I must have this. Like, even if my mom doesn't want to get it for me for Christmas, I am going to get it for myself. Cool. $98. That's reasonable. It's a good jacket. Uh, well, it's well, it's not a leather jacket. You know, it's not. The leather jacket. A real nice leather jacket to like $300. Anyway, I'm not going to buy. Yeah, well, I'm not going to pay for $300 for that. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, for me, for me, $98 is a lot yeah, for a, a lot jacket. A lot of money for anything. So what I noticed was I was forty percent off, which reduced it to about fifty something. And then at the register, um, she offered me to like put it aside on hold, and for me to come back on Wednesday to pick it up for an additional twenty five percent off. Oh, cool! So I'm like, just Fuck to yeah. come back on. I'm Wednesday? like, yeah. Fuck yeah, I'll take it. Well, the reason why she wants me to come back on Wednesday, and this is the whole gimmick, is that there's another sale going on that day, and the whole attempt is, well, if you're coming back, You'll you're going to see more stuff on. You're going to buy more stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense. I I totally understand. But for me, I'm like, well, I'm broke as fuck. I'm not going to buy anything. So yeah, <laughs> give me the twenty five percent off. So what was originally going to come back on Wednesday with a bunch of socks. Just socks. Yeah, never buy one, get one, get one half. Calvin off. Klein socks, bro. <laughs> they match the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, like, what was a ninety-eight dollar jacket now was a forty-four dollar jacket. That's cool, man. So I lucked out, and I'm like, oh, this is totally. It, it's a really good jacket. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, you really find good deals. Yeah. But realize I only bought five stuff. There are people that go on Black Friday early in the morning. Spend eight hundred dollars. Eight, a thousand, twelve hundred dollars. Yep. On a bunch of different stuff. And the whole thing is that, well, you put a sale on one thing and you don't put a sale on everything else. Or you make it look like it's on sale. Mm-hmm. And especially Macy's, they make it look like things are constantly on sale, and they're really not. They're just the average JC price. JCPenney's does that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, now it does, now that they got rid of the CEO, the former CEO. Anyway. Because JCPenney, for like a year, they didn't do any sales. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I thought they were like going down or something. They are going down. 
they're they're trying to they're trying to they brought in a new CEO, which is trying to push the coupon and like sale thing now uh-huh. again, and they're trying to bring people back, but we got to see what happens. Meh. Yes, uh, J.C. Penney's a. I don't know. It, it could it could fall apart or it could be one of those like underdog stories, you know. And then you know, whatever in like ten years, we'll be telling our kids there used to be J.C. Penney. That's where I bought my jeans. <laughs> Montgomery Ward. Woolworths. <laughs> Sears used to be like the like Sears the and Robux. Sears and Robux. That was the place where I bought clothes. <laughs> Woolworths. Mervyn's. <laughs> you remember Mervyn's then? Mervyn's. Remember Alpha Beta? Let's go down to Alpha Beta to get my groceries. No, I don't remember that at all. There's a grocery store. Nope. It got bought up by, by Ralph's. By Ralph's? By Ralph's. You know, I was um man, this is this this is where the podcast turns boring. <laughs> um when Albertsons got day. bought out by um what is it? Kroger's. <laughs> Albertsons got bought up by Kroger's. I didn't know that. Yeah, it is Kroger's. Vons got bought up by Safeway, right? Vons is a Safeway store. I thought Safeway got bought up by Vons. Well, the point is everybody loses. Yeah. <laughs> the point is ramble, 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 die. It's gamble, gamble, gamble. It's die. gamble, gamble, gamble. But we were rambling. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um... Yeah, I, I kind of feel like there's um there's something wrong with that, um this whole like need of consumption. Everything we've been talking about, there's been tons of shit wrong with all of it. <laughs> this feels like it's a sad podcast. This is a really sad podcast, man. We don't have precious here. There's very little, very little offensive, offensive jokes. Well, I mean, well, you know, all right, let's say something offensive. Blacks. That's not true. We Portuguese. <laughs> Dirty, dirty Portuguese. You know who's awesome, though? Malaysians, dude. I fucking love people (laughs) from Malaysia. They have the most most attractive women. They have the most attractive children. What? The most supple, smooth children I've ever seen. The most adorable children. Right? Those beautiful mouths. Dude, it's just like, (laughs) I bet you those fingers are so, so tasty. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Soft, salty fingernails. What about an? What about it? Anonymous. So anonymous. What do you about tasty children. You know what? Talk about the sex trafficking in Malaysia. I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just not. Rate it on a scale from one to the Philippines. <laughs> one to the, one to the Philippines. No. Philippines being the worst. I will not. I will not be that person. <laughs> All right, Africa. Nope. The whole city. Nope. The whole city. The whole city of Africa. <laughs> Welcome back, Scotland. How do you feel? Well, now that Scotland's already, are you guys hungry? Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, this is going to be where we end the podcast because we're all hungry. We're going to go eat some Indian food. Um, Yeah, India's oven. Everybody, um, we have our uh, blog set up and uh, email set up finally. It's called uh, Another BS Podcast at gmail.com. And our blog is another BS Podcast dot blogspot dot com. Uh, Google product. 
Uh, you can email us and you can look at all our horrible posts and listen to all our horrible podcasts there. All our BS stuff. All our BS stuff. Um, next time we're going to have a, another guest. Uh, we're still figuring out who. <laughs> but we're going to... Just get used to not knowing from week <laughs> to week because we have gotten used to not knowing from week to week. <laughs> Basically, this is this is awesome. But um, I had a lot of fun. How about you guys? Yeah? Good time. It was a little more serious. Yeah, it was a little bit more serious. I kind of like uh, I like talking about issues like this and um, talking to you today, Scotland. Um, yeah, that was that was really cool. I think uh, I think we should have you on more often. I agree. Smoke a bowl. Yeah, next time we'll smoke a bowl and we'll we'll hang out somewhere where we can smoke. But um, yeah, uh, we'll have more interesting topics next time. Uh, this is a wrap.